I looked through the binoculars, squinted and rolled my fingers across the focus knob until my subject came in clear. I panned back and forth, checking the paths that led past the park bench where my prey sat. The man on the bench was alone, except for his dog and a small boombox. He was leaning forward, petting the head of a large dog that sat at his feet. There wasn't another person within a hundred yards of my subject, yet his mouth was moving as if engaged in conversation. Maybe that's what became of men who killed other men for a living. They had no one to talk to and no one to share the day's events with, and eventually ended up talking to their dogs. I handed the glasses to my friend, Lieutenant Dean Hollister, who promptly cranked down his window and zeroed in on the park bench. He lowered the glasses. The son of a bitch is just sitting there, Dean said, without a care in the world. Man, that's cold. I sipped from my cardboard coffee cup and looked over at Dean. Well, I said, when you've been in the business as long as Frank has, you learn to tune out the rest of the world along with your own emotions. Hell, I've heard tales where he slit a man's throat before breakfast and then chowed down like it was his last meal. So tell me once more, Dean said, why is it this guy hasn't fried in the chair yet? Dean aimed the glasses at Frank once more. A little technicality called witnesses, I said. Without witnesses, we can't make a case. Witnesses, if you recall, are the one thing this guy is good at eliminating. Remember that old lady in Highland? What was her name? Polly? Molly? Something or other? Sally, Dean said, surprised that he'd remembered. Sally Randolph. Yeah, kind of hard to testify with your tongue cut off and shoved down your throat. The car sped by on South Alvarado Street as we sat there, waiting for our surveillance duties to be taken over by a relief duo from the 12th Precinct. Dean handed the glasses back to me and grabbed his own coffee cup from the cup holder, protruding from the dash of his unmarked squad car. I found Frank Ross again in my field of vision. He was still sitting alone, petting his dog and talking to it. The dog seemed to enjoy the one-sided conversation, and Frank seemed to have plenty to say. Then, as if on cue, he picked up the boom box and slipped a tape into the tape player part of it. His face went soft when the music started. At least I assumed it was music. I couldn't hear it from where we sat watching. Another few minutes in total relaxation, and Frank stood up, untied the dog's leash from the bench, and walked away with his dog and his boombox. I laid the glasses on the seat next to me and started the engine. Let's roll, I said. The coffee in Dean's cup sloshed up over the side as I left the curb. Take it easy, will you, Clay? Dean said, wiping the coffee off his lap. I turned the corner at West 6th Street and slowed to 15 miles per hour, waiting for Frank to emerge from the north end of MacArthur Park. Through the bushes I could make out the shape of a large dog being followed by a man. The dog stopped at the curb, as if trained to do just that, and waited. When the light turned green, he proceeded, dragging his master behind him. Frank walked another two blocks east, before turning into his own apartment building. Well, I said, turning to Dean, there's another day shot watching our boy go about his business. He didn't even meet anyone, didn't call anyone, and didn't stop anywhere except the park bench. We still have nothing. Dean extended his arm out the car window and dumped what was left of his coffee in the street. He turned back to me and said, Thanks for helping me out on this stakeout, Clay. 
I'm sure you must have better things to do with your time. I waved him off. Nothing that Elliot and Gloria can't handle until this is over, I said. Besides, lately when I'm around them, I feel like a fifth wheel. What's this? Dean said. You think there's something going on between those two? Well, I said, they've been working together a lot lately. It's bound to be just a matter of time before some sparks fly. I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't that be something if they ended up getting involved, Dean said, or married? Elliot, I said, I don't see it happening. He's too independent. He's never let himself be trapped by any female. Don't be so sure, Dad, Dean said. Your boy's a red-blooded American male, and Gloria's pretty easy on the eyes. I'm just saying.